What's up, guys? It's Neil Dashwood here, and you're listening to I See Things a Little Differently. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Match of the Month. This is a quick cold open. As I promised, I would redo a question as no one got the answer. Uh, this is less of a trick question. This is more something you can just look up. And if there's multiple people, you got to get the answer right. Like I said before, I will just do a little small drawing. I will not tell you if you're in or not. I'm just going to announce the winner. And that will be next week. So not this Monday show, which is tomorrow after you guys are in this. It will be the following Monday. <clears throat> Excuse me, sorry about that. So, here's the question. FTR and the Briscoes just got their second five-star match in less than a year. Matter of fact, what? They had their match in April, was it? Or was it March they had their match? So, let's just say March. They had they had it in four, two five-stars in four match in four months. What was the very last time? No. Let, let me rephrase this. When was the time? Anytime that there was two five-star matches from the same people, I'm looking. At, it could be a singles, or it could be a tag team. But have two people or two groups ever have five-star match in the same year? Two five-star matches in the same year. That is your question for this week. So this will be before this match, match of the month. Hope you guys enjoy it, and I will be talking to you guys very soon as of tomorrow. <laughs> so uh, have fun, guys. Enjoy enjoy, enjoy the show. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the show. I see things a little differently. Welcome to the match of the month. We're back to doing matches now for the next three months, and then the last two months of the year, we will um, switch it up. November, it will be the uh, comic of the month, and then December will be the match of the month again. Um, or <clears throat> it depends... Well, no, actually, no. It's probably just be the, the, I'll probably just do it that way. Keep it simple. Um, even though this is past SummerSlam, now remember, the only reason SummerSlam, this is the first time SummerSlam in its existence has not been in August because we have a second pay per view, Clash of the Castle, in August, or essentially, I think, towards the end. I think it's in September, actually, or towards the end of August, whatever it was, whatever the date is. Um, but I still want to do this match because I think this is the most important match in the career of Rey Mysterio. We just celebrated Mysterio 20, um, 20 years of Mysterio, um, even though it hasn't been 20 consistent years in WWE, he's been 20 years longer than that, he started wrestling, I think he's like 47, 48 now, he started wrestling when he was 14, so it's been a long, a long career for this guy, a lot of injuries, ever since he said that, that stem cell um, surgery, uh, he's been unstoppable, he got a son signed to WWE, he's been a tag team champion with his son, He's done a lot of things, and that doesn't even count the uh, people he's interacted with and touched outside of WWE, whether it was him versus uh, Prince Puma, a.k.a. Ricochet in um, Lucha Underground, which I highly suggest you guys go watch those matches. But to me, I feel like this was the biggest, because here's my thing. If you saw me, I was, I'm old enough and lucky enough to, to remember seeing, there's a thing called Tape Traders. You guys have probably heard about it. I don't know if you guys ever known anyone to do it. But I remember when I was really, 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 really young. Um, I remember, first of all, not understanding, like, living in all the different states I lived in, you couldn't get certain things. Like, I remember one year I went back home to Louisiana, and I was up, like, 3 in the morning. And my cousin kept me up. He said, hey, man, stay up. You're going to regret it. And it was the first time I was ever introduced to ECW. And it, it was it, it was the most chaotic, uh, annoying thing. When I say annoying, I wasn't used to Joey Styles' particular take on commentary. 
So he's like, oh my God. And he's super loud and all the acoustics are off. So it makes, it, it just enhances his, his voice even more. And I was just like, what is this? Then I remember seeing Ray, Ray Mysterio versus Psychosis. And I remember being addicted after that. And I remember anytime, I remember going back home to Maryland at the time, as far as living, staying up at three in the morning, same channel, everything, and obviously it's a different coast, different times, whatever. Not seeing is like, well, how do I get more of that? And I knew this guy who was a tape trader, and um, that's how I got into tape trading for a little bit. Um, he said, "Hey man, you you have cable, and, I, I'm, and we didn't really have a lot of money, so it was off and on with cable. But I remember the time I had cable, and he said, "Hey, can you record WCW Saturday Night for me, and I, I'll get you ECW because he didn't have cable." And it wasn't, and, and he, but he had those, he knew how to get the channels that had ECW. And so essentially, that was my introduction to Ray Mysterio Jr., Chris Jericho, Benoit, Malenko, um, all those people. So um, then I remember watching WCW. And the thing that got me watching WCW actually was when I seen Jericho on there, and Jericho was this white meat baby face, and he was like, come on, baby! And he would like put his back into the crowd, and his music was super corny. But there was something about Jericho that I loved. That's why Jericho is still, uh, him and Macho Man are my, my favorite wrestlers of all time. And um, there was something about him. And, 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 and I just was like, okay. Then I remember seeing Harlem Heat. And I was like, okay. And seeing two guys who are as ghetto to the core as they are. You know, and, and hey, we going to get you, sucker. And blah, blah, blah. And I was like, who are these dudes? And how did they, they leave jail to get on TV? <laughs> you know, it was just... Them being themselves, and then DDP. I fell in love with DDP. DDP is still one of the guys. Like it's not a regret of mine that I have never gotten his autograph, only because the times I've met him, I've met uh, or, or been around him when he's been around, I haven't had anything cool of DDP. I've never thought DDP's had good action figures. I don't think they've ever called DDP's likeness the way I like it. Um, well, I still have to meet him one day. And I would hope to even, uh, um, interview him on the show one day. You know, but I mean, it's like one of those things where he, I fell in love with DDP and the storyline where he was homeless and then he came back and won the Battle Bowl ring and his feud with uh, Mark Merrill, a.k.a. Johnny B. Bad. Anyways, the purpose of this was I remember seeing Halloween Havoc 97 and seeing Jericho, excuse me, uh, Mysterio versus A. Guerrero. And I was like, holy crap, these two, they are forever linked because their classic matches didn't just go through one company. They went through two companies, and when you look at what, if you look at, I know people can't watch Benoit, and that's fine, but I remember watching the series of seven matches between Benoit and and, and, and uh, Booker T. To me, that put Booker T. on the map as a singles wrestler. Benoit was already on the map, but this is for the television title, of, and each match got better. And I remember these two weren't big names at the time. You know, yeah, you had. Uh, Booker T and Harlem Heat and Benoit and Fig, uh, Four Horsemen, but that put Booker on the map as a single star. And these two, just to me, that's a class. That's the best best of seven I've ever seen personally. Now, in fairness, I don't know a lot of uh, bookers that did the best of seven. So, I, if I'm missing something, let me know. I would love to know. However, when they tried to recreate that in WCW, excuse me, in WWE, they had gotten older and they were definitely heavyweights and bigger names by the time. So it couldn't compare to what they did. And honestly, I don't think it could have compared because 
in my opinion, I just think there were two different characters at that point in time. I think now you're used to seeing Booker T as a singles wrestler. At that time, you just weren't used to seeing Booker as uh, as a single. So you didn't know what he had, if he had anything in the tank for Benoit. Because Benoit was, I would call him Claudio before Claudio. You weren't going to blow Benoit up. And Benoit was going to wrestle his damnness. So I felt like you just, you, but you knew it, but you knew who both these men were at the time. And also at the time, there, it was getting overshadowed by so many people they had. That, that SmackDown roster, I'm going to say it now, it was probably the best wrestling roster of all time on, on, in WWE history. When you had Angle, when you had Edge, when you had Benoit, Booker, when you had the SmackDown 6, whoever. The, I just think you just had wrestling upon wrestling upon wrestling that you just, it was tough. And the roster was, so, even though it's not as large as it is today, it was so evenly matched. Cause then you on Smack on Raw you had the the, the the evolutions and all these people, but but you just the SmackDown Six was just special. So anyways, I remember watching this and Rey Mysterio and Eddie Guerrero. By the time you guys hear this, by the way, I'm recording this before. I'm recording this like two weeks before August. So by the time you guys hear this, you guys will hear my top ten of or top nine of uh, Mysterio's WWE career moments for myself. These guys had had classic matches in several different companies, classic feuds. They just, for as, for as much as Rey Mysterio and Psychosis are connected, Rey Mysterio and Eddie Guerrero are, they're just, they're just better. As a, It's just what, what it is. You could tell they genuinely wanted to put each other over. You could tell they genuinely wanted to tell a story with each other to the fans. Um, yeah. But anyways, um... So this was to me the most important match because Rey Mysterio didn't join WWE right after the the invasion. Like he legitimately was one of the people that you would think that they would take as they've had a cruiserweight division before. Um, to me, I thought the cruiserweight division before it was called the lightweight division. I thought it wasn't that good, but I thought it had some names. I, they had Taka Michinoku, who was really really good, um, and honestly, he would fit better in WCW. Um, you, you you had Funaki, you had so many people, but to me, I didn't watch W. To me, whenever I saw Light Heavyweight Division, I watched Takamichinuku, but like I didn't care about it because it wasn't where they excelled. It was kind of like if WWE tried to do an X Division, it's, it was not going to be where they excel, you know. Even though it, it's, you'd think it would fit right near her alley because it's about now about weight limits, it's about no limits, but it just didn't fit. And I remember vividly like. I just, I just couldn't connect with the WWE version of it. Even their Cruiserweight division, I've never connected with it. Um, the Cruiserweight Classic was awesome, but after that, they just don't know how to do it because it's not their thing, right? And I said they can't make it their thing, but it just was never their thing in my opinion. So anyways, um, so July 25th, 2002, Chavo Guerrero meets his opponent, which is Rey Mysterio. And Rey Mysterio makes his debut, and next thing you know, the, his first pay-per-view is SummerSlam 2002 against Kurt Angle. And I remember thinking to myself, I didn't, I didn't understand it at first. I was super, first of all, if you've never watched SummerSlam 2002, that is what we call a stacked pay-per-view with perhaps two classic matches on it. And, and you can, in my opinion, I don't think the, the main event was classic. I think the atmosphere was classic, which can make the match classic for, classic for some people, excuse me. 
um, a classic. I don't know why I keep saying it, but to me, that pay per view was like having. I love SummerSlam 2001. I love everything about. It. I loved every match on it. SummerSlam 2002. Excuse me, I said 2001. 2002. No, I meant 2001. Um, I'm excited. I'm getting goosebumps talking about these, these pay per views. These, this to me, I think was the best two pay two year stretch of SummerSlam history. I just feel like SummerSlam 2001, for all the stupid invasion stuff, you had classic matches like Jeff Hardy versus Rob Van Dam for the first time. The Rock winning the WWE Championship, which wasn't a classic match, but you had a classic moment where Shane McMahon's like running around the ring and Bradshaw hits him with a clothesline from God, my God, hell. Um, you had so many great things happening. But then SummerSlam 2002 is the aftermath where you have Triple H back. You have, you know, um, Austin out still. You have the the, the up-and-coming Brock Lesnar, who you know is going to win the championship, and you're like, man, how is he going to dominate? Will he dominate The Rock, though? You have so many questions. And to start this pay-per-view, you have Rey Mysterio, who's not a heavyweight at this point. He's not, he's, he is not considered a heavyweight. You can tell that WWE only wants him to sell masks. Um, he's not going to actually get um, the recognition he deserves. You, as a fan, I felt that way. So I was like, I don't know why they even have him here. And then they put him against Kurt Angle. I'm like, Kurt Angle's going to squash him, right? And I remember seeing the match. And I remember after the match, I said to myself, what the fuck did I just see? That was fucking awesome. Having a classic pay-per-view match on your first showing you can hang with, at that time, he was only, what, two years into his career? But Kurt Angle was already an all-time great at that point. And... I remember vividly, vividly looking at, I was watching it with a friend at the time, and a friend said to my sister, now that's what I call full circle. I was like, what do you mean? He was like, yo, like Ray is now a heavyweight. Like, I can see him wrestling with the heavyweights. Is it highly unrealistic? Sure. But we're watching something that's highly unrealistic. For as good as Kurt Angle is, he still needs some cooperation. You know, example, we know Kurt Angle could wrestle, but even Kurt Angle Got caught with, with the arm bar by Dan. Was it? Was it? Was it? It wasn't an arm bar. What was it? It was. I can't remember exactly what move it was, but he got caught. But because it all takes is one move by Daniel Pewter, and I remember vividly like the referee counted Daniel Pewter's shoulders to the mat because he said, "Hey, oh fuck, this kid's gonna break his arm," because he was trying to prove himself. And why, why the fuck wouldn't you? You know, he was being. He had an ego, but he was being bullied. Let's be real. He was. Anyways. I remember when he said that, I was like, damn, because this dude hated cruiserweights. Well, I mean, he hated the fucking cruiserweights, homie. Like, he hated the cruiserweights too, with a passion. Like, there was nothing they could do, no mind matches they could have that were great, where he would be like, that was all right. That was pretty good. No, he, that was the first compliment I ever heard him give a cruiserweight. He said, no, I could see him wrestling heavyweights now. I could see him with not just the Booker T's, but I could see him with the Rocks. I could see him with the Steve. Like, I could see him actually carrying his part. I was like, wow. And I meant a lot because Kurt Angle was his favorite, favorite wrestler. Matter of fact, I just reached out to him this past few months when I met Kurt Angle, got an autograph. He said, man, you should got a fucking picture. But this is fucking awesome. Because I showed him the picture of the autograph I got from Kurt Angle. And he was like, this is fucking awesome. He's like, I can't believe this. Um, he loves Angle. Anyways, um, so I remember watching this match. And you actually had a moment where I think this is part of the moments where Colonel cut some promos and made fun of himself. He said, I'm a man that likes to play with boys. Like he's stuff like that. And um, but this match, I had I don't know the time limit on it. I have not even watched it. I, just, I, I can just remember this match going about 10, 15 minutes. And 
Angle won via tap out, um, but he gave him all he could handle. But it was what, to me, this made Rey Mysterio an automatic addition to WWE. But I will say this, though. For as much as he was then seen as a heavyweight, and maybe not by everybody, by people who didn't believe. Because I think Ted, Di- De- Ted DiBiase also said he felt he became, Rey Mysterio became a full co- on full-fledged competitor. I still feel like they didn't know how to book him. I still feel like they didn't know any other way to see him. And I think Rey Mysterio is one of those few wrestlers like a Jeff Hardy that's just just such a spectacle. And they're going to sell a lot of merchandise no matter what. That they don't know how to book them sometimes. Um, and Rey Mysterio's never had any personal problems. I know he got suspended one time. But I think that was because, if I'm not mistaken, the one time he got suspended, he dropped the Intercontinental title to John Morrison. And he was in the middle of a feud with Dolph Ziggler. And, they, and I believe he vetoed. To, to dropping the title John to Dolph Ziggler to drop it to John Morrison, but he was mad because I believe he had taken the medication and the paperwork hadn't gotten through to the office in time. And by the time he was drug tested, they they they, they violated him. And this was he, this he wasn't. I think he ended up leaving like maybe a year later as well. But I remember he was. I remember this was a big deal because he was pissed. He said, "What was it? This is a legal substance. You know, my doctor prescribed it." He was like, "How did it not get?" Through? And maybe the doctors did just took their time doing their process and everything like that. And I said to myself, that's still weird that like you would violate Rey Mysterio. But anyways, um, but he but he still had enough power to where he vetoed it. I mean, he's always had a lot of power. If you listen to Cody Rhodes, the reason why Cody Rhodes got his one-on-one match at uh, WrestleMania in Atlanta was because Rey Mysterio chose him specifically. Um, so he's always had power, I guess. But he caused the... Because I remember... I, I remember that summer. It was like... Because... So many people got suspended from that shit. I remember vividly, he was in the middle of a blood feud with Dolph Ziggler over the Intercontinental title. So when he lost it to to John Morrison before the story came out, I was like, that's kind of fucking weird to just lose it to John Morrison. Where the fuck is Dolph Ziggler? Because Dolph Ziggler wasn't hurt. And that's when the story came out and you realize how much he did. But to me, this was the most important match in his career because he was coming to a place where they didn't create him. They, they really didn't know what to do with him for many, many years. And... And and he and I think the only one, as I said, the only one him to sell masks, because you're always gonna have a kid that by when he used to do that thing where he would talk to them, uh, the the kids in the mask and say different things. Uh, I've never heard one. Per- I've ne- I've only heard one thing bad about Ray Mysterio. That's because and that's from Cody Rhodes. He's like, well, I love Ray, but he's always late to everywhere. Like he's late everywhere. But even then, that's not bad because most people are fucking late. Look at Ric Flair. He's late to every, fucking everything. Um, but um. I remember watching this match saying, my God, he's going to fit right in. And I was happy for Ray. You know, uh, obviously on a cruiserweight level, I've always been more a fan of other people. Because um, Ray Mysterio, I think, was always the consistent. Like, one, I think Dean had a two-year career in WWE. So it was it was always easier to see Ray Mysterio. But other people who I really love, like, they were tired so much. Or they just went underground or whatever. Um, but uh, congratulations to him on 20 years. I, I highly suggest you guys watch SummerSlam 2002. It's legit the opening match on the card. So you don't have to rewind, fast forward, nothing. I'm pretty sure you could probably find it on YouTube as well. But check it out. Kurt Angle versus Rey Mysterio. It's his debut pay-per-view match. That is the match of the month. And I hope you guys enjoyed it. hope you guys enjoyed the story I was able to tell. I know you guys really liked that part of it. So anyways, that is the match. Enjoy your August. Enjoy your heat wave. I am the slow chemical. And we are out.